What it do, welcome back to Agitator, the only freestyle storytelling podcast starring two mystic juggalo weaves. If, uh, you know, Mega Millions happens like every couple of days, Tuesdays, Fridays, something like that. Tuesdays and Fridays, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, shouts out, any winners out there, and can I have a million dollars? You almost want to ask people that, like, uh, my buddy Sherman and I have this joke where if we win the million, like the mega millions or the, uh, the Powerball or whatever, just giving the other person money and we've stuck to the pact. And I think that if one of us ever wins that lottery, I mean, that's it. Cause everybody's getting a million at that point. If you win a billion dollars, I've had this fantasy in my head forever. I would send Stephen Graham Jones a check for a million bucks just because I'd send everybody in Broken River a check for a million, just because. And I would still be stingy. That would still technically be stingy because you yeah. made a billion, well, a half a half a billion because they take it out in taxes well, or whatever. We but. also caught the warning with like, uh, yay, being a billionaire and then losing a whole lot. It's like, oh, you do have mm. to be careful. You mm -hmm. still got to be careful mm -hmm. when you're geniuses mm -hmm. like us and yay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't say some things because uh, some people get mad and then, and you know you 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 know the whole deal. You you know what's up. Yeah. Uh, I would never say those things because I only speak <laughs> from the heart, and my heart and um, is full of love. Is full of love for lawyer Americans. Uh. <laughs> yo i had a crazy thought i want to share it on the podcast i'm doing an outlining course i want to put that up top um it's a hundred bucks four sessions two weekends we've got uh, a bunch of agitator uh day ones signing up so the Hell seats yeah. are filling up um but i did want to put a theory forward to you that i think you might like I put it in the chat. Um, so oh, that was it. very eloquent. Yeah, you should read this. I was yeah, thinking, I was I was reading just, it right before. This is what a text message from David reads like. Well, signals just, on my on my computer, so I was not thumbing this one. I was uh, okay. I was well, I mean, but you know, it, yeah, it really yeah matter these days. I th I thumb uh, most books, so right. I've been figuring out how to thumb screenplays, but that's that's neither here nor there. The text message. So I wrote a Substack post about outlining uh, because I have really gained a lot of insight and productivity from the outline. So I kind of have that, you know, when people first get converted to Christianity, I got a bunch of these people on my on my Facebook timeline who just converted to uh, Eastern Orthodoxy. There's more than one, which is surprising. And they are zealous about their newfound religiosity. But they're like, no, this is the way, the truth, and the life. It's like, all right, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, what's like, like Buddhism type shit? Like Taoist? Uh, you mean, what do you ask? Like the, uh, what's like Eastern, Eastern Orthodox? What's Eastern, yeah, what's Eastern Oh, it's, it's Christianity. It's Christianity. It's just like, uh, oh, Greek Easter Orthodoxy. And, Eastern, 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 so Eastern, Eastern European, Eastern European Orthodoxy. Uh, it's like the dudes who wear the big druid robes and that have sigils all over them. Oh, tight. Tight. that's that's me yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I'm Eastern yeah. Orthodox. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get along with these guys, but yeah. when it comes to outlines, I'm similarly, you know, proselytizing because I'm I'm kind of new to this and I'm discovering all the benefits of doing it. So you and I are very similar writers. So I feel like this, this stands for you too, right? So I wrote this. I had this thought while writing the most recent Substack post. The kind of writing that I've done throughout my life requires a deep knowledge of the subject. You can't know what to leave out, right? Because we both write that very minimalist, very kind of hazy, airy uh, type of novel. Uh, unless you understand the material holistically, completely, deeply. 
by the time we leave here, it was born out of reading about four big books. There was a lot of research that went into that book. And then after that, I just pulled from my real life. So Lowdown, uh, Elements of Our Blood, Black Gum, uh, Black Gum sequels, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> so I started to picture creativity in writing as a kind of hourglass, right? So picture, you know, two big ends with a, a skinny waist. Now, for those who writer, don't know what an hourglass is. Right. Uh, now the, writer the loading is, icon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the kids who don't know what the little disc icon is when you click save. They have no idea what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the floppy disk. The yeah. floppy disk, yeah. Okay, what the fuck is that? That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Imagine, though, seeing that. Like, why is this purple square with like two other little bitty squares inside of it? Like, what does that mean for save? It's how archaeologists feel. <laughs> um, so the writer in this case is at the very center of it. He's at the waist and the, and the past is behind you and the future is in front. And remember, these are big, you know, kind of bubbles that go out on either end of you. You could picture a barbell if you wanted to. So the past end is your arsenal, and the future end is a lava lamp bubble of potentiality. The kind of writer that I was drew creativity, uh, energy from the past, which is a set catalog of events that I could apply my pro skill to, which in my opinion makes it more journalistic than novelistic. And so the other side the hourglass is a big swirling mass of fiction things that have not happened now by applying an outline to the big swirling mass of things that have not happened it takes on similar characteristics to that well that kind of database that you're drawing from uh, you can make the future like the past by applying a structure to it that structuralization of the past is natural because that's what we call memory. So we do that every day. We turn memories into uh, this kind of structure where we have a story that we tell about them. But the key there is that the past actually exists. It's things that happened. It's kind of God's way of creating an outline. If time's not real, right? If you just reversed everything, it would be really weird if the future had a completely... Uh, uh, written out solid outline and the past was just like a hazy kind of nothing right but that's not how it works like we have that shit reversed so making memories of the future requires the extra step of trapping vagueness that big creative vagueness into outlines and letting them sit until they migrate over right little balls of light pew 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 going into the past section of the hourglass uh, where they become part of that database where you can then pick from them and create story. So that was my big insight for today. And that was the text message. That was him reading the text message. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when, when you have to, press the rest the of the button. text messages are just like the N word and calling each other gay and you know, yeah, grant God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, you throw a little diversity in the mix. Uh, no, that was that was bars. With anytime when I see read more, on a text pop up, I'm like, oh shit! Here That's we go. Cool. Here we go. Here we He's go. He's thinking. He my my man's out here thinking. <laughs> I need to get to that uh um, that stack too. But I imagine that's the that's the juice of it. Well, it, I, I didn't include that bit in the stack because it was just basically about outlining and how I have discovered a more right, right brain mystic uh, uh, kind of woo-woo way of thinking about the outline that works for me because outlines in my experience have always been extremely left brain. They're like, I'm a type A personality and I, yeah, like, I make lists same. of things. And I never saw I the point. Do that I was like, why do you tell stories? Like that's like when you're just making shit up, 
there is that left brain type of storytelling that I think is only drawing from the like they keep the hourglass turned a certain way and they're just mm -hmm. drawing from they're not drawing from just past and whatever like how you and I have basically always done mm -hmm. uh they're they're only drawing from the future shit just this mm -hmm. made up whatever and it's like yeah Oh, what if, what if elves like yeah what if bro i don't care like <laughs> so fucking what <laughs> yeah yeah but i think that the ideal progression of the writer is to start off as a completely right-brained prose oriented um you know like us basically surprising absolutely no one i think the ideal way to be a writer is the way that i did it <clears throat> but think, to kind of toil yeah. in that for a while and then over time adopting that shoshen beginner's mind type thing looking at things like outlines and uh you know plotting out your novel and just you know leaving notes for yourself things like that it's that yin yang balance that i think really works i don't think either way is great although i will be honest the left brain people are killing it when it comes to writing because they can actually get it done and the right brainers oh, yeah? can't get it done they can't get it done because they're like stuck. me they're constantly between finishing a novel and just like biting a bullet yeah yeah <laughs> What's and so point? that's my goal that's my goal with workshops is to like is to pull those right brain people who i would argue have more creativity and more interesting things to say and just a, giving them a framework to let that creativity flourish in a way that I think we really need. Because you look at everything, you say, like, that shit sucks. Why Why did a fucking Marvel movie 275 suck so bad? It's because it was made by left-brain people. Because all the right-brain people are creating Blake Butler word salad, right? Yeah. And and have no interest in communicating with the outside world, even though that's where the, the really interesting shit is happening, it's very unpalatable. And I think that if we can find a way to kind of, it's kind of like Rain Man, you know, like you, you put the autist in a suit and you say, all right, now go out into the world and here's how you talk to people. And here's how you don't bring up trains or automatic weapons on a first date. It's kind of like that, but for writing. So autists, I'm here for you. I got you. Let's make cool shit. Yeah, I think a, a comparison that a lot of listeners would understand even uh, uh, more directly is like the industry would put up with a with a mm -hmm. Conroe when they really mm -hmm. would like a pink, but pink is just like sending out his shit in the mail and yeah. Yeah. like well i guess you're cool with that yeah but, yeah no i mean so glad we gave fuckboy 200 grand exactly <laughs> dude i mean that's a really good example man i mean that whole controversy which is years old now at this point and doesn't need to be rehashed but when you see these kind of controversies like you and i are team pink when it comes to pros all day like but then when it comes to the way that prose is arranged, you you kind of start to get why it's not getting the traction that it needs to. And I'm not saying that, you know, that the books are bad or anything, because I like them. But that's kind of the problem, right? The problem is that a guy like me really likes those books. <laughs> a guy like me who's like, oh, cool, this is like, amorphous and airy and you know and you just kind of move from vignette to vignette and which is uh which is also what they kind of what fuckboy is they just um i think mm -hmm. sam's you ever read his collected suicide no i mean i know you have but yeah there were several of his books were put into collected suicide notes mm -hmm. that could have been like a major publishing house release mm-hmm just because mm -hmm. like sometimes it's as simple as like do exactly what you're doing, but make it 300 pages and here's a publishing deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I want to take people who have a natural knack for coming up with out of the box ideas 
and writing prose that's just really good. I don't want to teach prose because I don't really know how. It's kind of like trying to teach like also a fish how to swim. Every time you do, I don't think it should be taught because every time people Yeah. teach prose, Mm -hmm. you can you can tell you're like, oh, you Yeah. learned prose. I'm Right. I'm reading your shit and That's it, what and it's MFAs like, are, right? Yeah. oh my yeah god. mfas try to teach pros and you get people who just they'll send you something and you'd be like damn if i were to isolate every single sentence in this i couldn't find anything wrong with it but this is the most boring shit i've ever read in my life so boring yeah so boring uh so yeah i don't want i'm to trying teach that and to i think that the i think the best way to like to teach something is to be somebody who's like you don't want a sobriety coach who's never had beer You know what I mean? So like, you don't want to be a guy who's telling people about outlines who just loved outlines from the beginning, because that's probably not you. If you're taking an outlining course, you need somebody who's like, no, I thought outlines were gay. And then over time, I actually I realized learned I better. want money. You <laughs> I realized I want money. And also, um, you know, I talk about this in the post a little bit too, You realize that the things that you like about not using outlines, like freedom and the ability to discover things as they go on, they actually get enhanced by the outline. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you've seen, I post everything on the fucking chat. So, you know, Yeah. I've been on a fucking writing tear lately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My boy has been on its hair. It's funny the different sinks that are crossing to like the shutter glasses. I was just Mm like, hmm Rowan, Yeah, yeah. you had a you had a demon that is just like, for whatever reason, like nostalgic for 90s shit Mm hmm and is wearing shutter glasses. And Rowan the other day just came home with some shutter glasses for no, I Yeah. was just like, all right, I guess you're That's rocking how you know shit's these working. now. So what's up with you? What you been up to? uh we've been we've been working on the uh erica's dad's condo trying Mm hmm to um trying to get that Is off it the wallpaper? Mm uh well wallpaper is one of them uh hmm mm uh yeah we got to put a shower in um replace flooring do a lot of painting sort of tweak old busted doorknobs and shit like that hmm. so been uh an emotionally heavy kind of week Mm -hmm. yeah because you're doing that in a house with a ghost that's uh a that's lot gonna sap yeah your energy yeah mm-hmm yeah but it's been good that's uh what else man phoenix is cutting teeth and i'm writing so i'm writing the county and um which is going to get made but some hiccups happened with the funding for the county it's a tv series about the county down at gulf coast texas is a very it's a hodgepodge of urban gutter rural ghetto redneck if i had to put it in two words and i'm what what i'm working on is the atlanta of gulf coast texas It's the next big show. It's the I'm next totally big convinced show. about this. I'm convinced about Everyone this. I have around 100% here. faith in, in the county. It's, you know, it's hard to get funding and it's hard to keep investors, you know, not from getting skittish. And this isn't everything too. And we didn't, the thing is investors, like with this, those initial investors are still interested. Mm-hmm. It was more of a, funding that they thought because we're going at it kind of a not exactly film industry angle and these are just people who said oh we'll front the money and then there's been some issues with the money part not the Mm extras hmm part so that could still happen if they can figure it out but shouts out to anybody out there if y'all want to throw some money if y'all want to buy a stake in the county let's talk
Meanwhile, everybody wants Kelby's nuts. They all want books from you. Oh my god, they're not uh they're not getting them unless they come with <laughs> These nuts got a high price tag. <laughs> I got These are kids. Pom- these are Pompoco nuts. These are these are These are big, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big old Pompoco. big old squirrel nuts. Oh man, Rowan just uh uh watched Pompoco for the first time the other day and he was like mm-hmm. pee because <laughs> of all their you can see their junk <laughs> i was like yep that's, that's what i thought what too is. <laughs> yeah good. but i mean it's february 2024 and i uh everything just seems to be clicking into place voltron style and in any story you know uh there's gonna be like in any hero's story it's going to be like, well, you know, Kelby then went on to conquer the film industry with his indie project, The County. That's not going to cover these little setbacks because it would be boring to do that. That's why you never hear about them. Right. And so in terms of like the progression, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, and then this investor was like, mm, I don't uh, I bought a fucking whatever. Right? I forgot about um, a boat. Forgot about a <laughs> boat that I had. Something came up. I mean, things come up for rich people the same way they come up for you and me, just in much vaster quantities, right? Yeah. When a bill hits that we're not ready for, and mine this month was like $60. I was like, damn, $60. For them, it's like 60K. That's why, like, ooh, man, ooh, when people- I didn't expect that. When people hit a, I was in charge of a business before, like, um, I wasn't being paid. That's why I'm not there anymore. But I wasn't being paid to do all the shit I was doing. But mm-hmm. uh, I was in charge of a business that was just fucking retarded. Like, wait, it made me realize I never want my overhead to be past a certain point. I don't care how much money I have. I will not be spending 30K a month ever, mm-hmm. ever. That's just too much in one. That's 30 days, bro. You got to drop a stack a day. On what? Mm-hmm. On what? On a boat or a house or, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm really out of my depth because I don't know what rich people spend money on because <laughs> I've never been rich. But uh, I know them. I know my best buddy, rich dude. And he's continuously like, oh, Money's tight this month. I'm like, you got 30 houses that you own. How is money tight? It's like, well, well that's part of the problem. I'm spending <laughs> it on a, the houses. <laughs> a, yeah. Yeah. That's quite a, oh man, that's mm-hmm. 30, that's 30 headaches. I wouldn't care for. No, no. I think our way is, uh, it's, it's much more interesting. I, um, I just want to give to people. It's like, how do you have so much money? It's like, well, it's like in a, my money's in a flow state. It comes mm-hmm. in, it goes into another project, it flows out. I bring yeah. something to people. I create for people. I want to invest in things too. I want to get like, uh, like one of like those theoretical bags, right? So like a million. Oh, I'm giving a hundred k to Ryan. I'm giving a hundred k to Low Res. Even though we're making right. movies and shit, it's like. I know y'all could do some cool shit too. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so here's money. Go do it. Yeah, because it's people who you trust. I mean, like that's how that's how every good business decision works. It's like, oh, you are a person who is overflowing with talent, and all you're lacking is money. Now I have that money, so go do the thing. Because you, I mean, you're confident. You know that that money's coming back. It's like, oh, I give you 100K, I'm going to make 3 million off this shit. So I feel like that's one of the perks of these days, it being impossible to fall off the face of the earth unless you like uh, Stuart Buck yourself out of existence and just <laughs> hide, hide on Reddit making fun of uh, burn victim babies or whatever the fuck he's doing now. Um, but in- unless you do that, which would require you throwing away everything you've built. Most people aren't just going to throw away everything they've built. So y- you can. Yo, 
take more yeah. but you you can invest in more people and be like i mean what are they gonna do run away they're on the internet the Stuart buck shit is them. so funny the Stuart buck shit is so funny because he disappeared off the face of the earth right after his agitator appearance by the way whenever like two... that that episode y'all gotta stop that episode still keeps getting traction because it's like people just like what happened to Stuart buck he was last on agitator what did they say it's like a lot of good he seemed fine i don't know he seemed fine it seemed, seemed fine like and then things were about to take off and <laughs> he he disappeared canceled all the books allegedly don't know if this is true kept all the pre-order money from uh i would say yeah because that's difficult to give back just in general so i would yeah. say he if he shuttered the doors, I'd say he definitely kept. He probably up. he probably saw that shit hitting his fucking Stripe account, and he was like, "Oh, I could just." Ha-. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but the funniest just buy bit... every season of Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's him. Do not but... publish with anyone who's into My Little Pony. Just yeah, caution, caution. It's a red tale. flag. It's a red flag. But like the funniest bit was like somebody tracked him down because people on the internet don't have anything to do. People follow this podcast. You're probably listening to it right now. Fuck you. You suck. Get a life. Uh, but people follow podcasts to like document like the hall oh, monitor. Yeah. They're recess. gonna try to Shane McGillis me or yeah. is is it Gillis? Mick Gillis? They're gonna try Shane Gillis, yeah. They're gonna try to Shane Gillis me as soon as I get that bag and be like, Yeah, this motherfucker said so many N-words. And I'm gonna be mm-hmm. like, Yeah, yeah. They heard they it in the the room they when they gave the me the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> so one of these uh, <clears throat> losers who has no life, go kill yourself, you suck. Um they they track down Stuart Buck's, I guess, Reddit account, which to give them credit, even though they should die, um, was really funny. Also, because I don't what? know how you do that. Like, that's I don't some... know how you, when you have this much time on your hand. This is what people don't realize when you enter a community of writers, it's autistic people who have nothing better to do and who pick little villains out, like you and me, or this guy or whoever and then their life is just devoted to like making sure that you don't succeed at whatever you do it's really weird they make you their little project it's really sad uh because what they don't realize is that there's a whole world because they're autistic right they, they have tunnel vision they don't realize there's a whole world of eight billion people out there who couldn't give a shit less about anything as long as the product's good which is what agitator is finding as we move out like there's just people who are like wait wait, what they did i don't give a shit whatever they can have five bucks a month who cares um (laughs) anyway roundabout way of getting to this person found his reddit posts and he was like making jokes about burn victims and like retarded kids and stuff yeah. like that like, <laughs> yeah look at this and then the the best i can't remember who said it it wasn't him because he had disappeared but i i will never forget this twitter post of somebody who popped out and was like if you have mental illness sometimes what he's doing is the only way you can decompress <laughs> and i was like thank you finally somebody understands <laughs> i mean <laughs> uh i mean spot the lie you know it's like look at what he's doing yeah that that seems like a mentally unstable person i don't like are are you an advocate for mental health or not like or not yeah i mean i guess you're only an advocate for the mentally healthy (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what you meant seems like you all might be ableist as a side note, I don't want to get too deep into it, but that is what the funniest thing about the woke shit is, is that like how easily it's turned against them because it's all a linguistic structure. It's all uh, a word game that's meant for you to be able to win arguments quickly. The problem with a word game is that if you find somebody who's good with words, you can adopt that structure to your own purposes. 
Yeah. So what, what then you end up with some modeled after a criminal defense. Base. I mean, so it's, then you get a, a My Little Pony sweater wearing guy who refuses to work against all odds. Like he will not work. He will not get a job. Who uh, absconds with well, allegedly absconds with funds. Um, he ran off with three hundred dollars. crispy three hundred dollars uh who then decompresses with his newfound ill-gotten gains by uh tell it like like leaving a reddit post under a burn victim being like damn you ugly as hell (laughs) or whatever But then you can turn around and say, well, his thievery and his mockery. You know, the recently a, burned. A, a funny one would have been is uh, I'd have left it in a little longer. <laughs> Not quite done. Um, you can then turn that and say, well, somebody who has mental health issues. I mean, these people steal. They steal all the time. And then, you know, when they're done stealing, Sometimes they feel bad about it. And so they have to find cancer patients on Reddit to tell them that they look like Professor X, right? That's just, that's how they decompress. Um, It's a really bad system. But uh, shout out Stuart, man. Hey, hope you're doing well. wherever Yeah, you're at, bro, buddy. if you ran off because you were nervous about having already spent $300 that people sent you, bro... God is wearing black is like a year late getting out to people. (laughs) And when people hit my DMs and they do, which is kind of crazy, you order something Mm -hmm. directly from an artist, you send them $20. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. You send them $20 and then you go, Hey, where's my fucking books? Like, bro, I have your address. You need to chill. Yeah. You need to calm the fuck down. Yeah. This that's, how I, that's how I handle it though. I don't it's just run off. Like they will get yeah. their they will get their book. But uh that's the way I look at it with my Kickstarter shit. I got a message from uh on Gmail today. My apparently the people who contributed to my Kickstarter are way more chill than your pre-order people. Well because uh, I got there I got were a, a lot polite... of pre-orders, and I will say a lot of people are really cool. Yeah, Even because, some that have uh, reached out and been like, "Hey, did this get lost in the mail?" It's like, "Nah, I ain't sent it yet." They're like, "Oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, you can't rush a good mm-hmm. thing." I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. "Oh yeah," which is fine. I mean, like checking it is okay, uh, but like, where's my product? It's like, go read another book. Jesus Christ, go read another book. Yeah, it'll. Yeah, this hung up not... on twenty dollars last year. Like you would send them that book, and then they wouldn't read it until two thousand and twenty-seven. Right, you're not the like, one who's going to be talking about it, so shut up. Yeah. How about um, I just don't, if you DM me like that again, anybody who wants to DM me like that again, I'm just not sending your book, actually. Yeah, he's he's going to keep your money. And then you're going to scream about it. You're going to be online. You're going to go, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy stole. And then literally, like, the rest of the world, the 99.9% of the world who didn't experience what you experienced is going to be like, I don't know. You kind of sound like a hater, bro. So they're not going to care. This is the big hack of the episode is that it doesn't matter how widespread your cancellation seems on social media. There's a whole, there's random people you can bark at on the street and ask them if they like weird books. They have no idea who you are. Yeah, bro. Hard, so you, like hardly anybody. So cancellation AWP. really doesn't matter, right? Ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, it's not. It's not even real. None like, of those people knew who I was, except for like Brian Evanson and Anthony mm-hmm. Smith, who came up to the table. Mm-hmm. And by the way, who like us? Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever doesn't matter. Um, if I was Shane what, Gillis, I'd have just showed up at SNL. Just been there. Been <laughs> yeah. like, They'd have been like, oh, we canceled your consciousness. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Oh, is this a bit? Are we going now? Okay. All right. We're riffing. We're Even riffing. Shane Gillis, it. dude. This is how impotent canceling is. He just hosted SNL. Because they all have memory of a goldfish and they all act like nothing mm-hmm. ever happened. These are the same. These are the same people who act like none of the COVID shit ever happened too. So mm-hmm. what do you expect? 
I get so many fucking friend requests from people on Facebook where I'm like, oh, hey, welcome back. Oh, hey, what's up, dude? Who called me a Nazi for questioning yeah. lockdowns and saying here's how to stay healthy? An ex- yeah, an extremely questionable medical science. Honestly, um, you were being more helpful than I, I was being more reckless on it. I was like, I'm going to work. Who cares? This is yeah. stupid. I was like, hey, take vitamin D. And people are like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> You're being ableist against people who can't open containers. Wait, you, you, you can't take vitamin D? Why? It's like, Meh. I have fibromyalgia. My body rejects vitamin D. Dude, dude, COVID-19 was vicious and deadly on people with fibromyalgia, for sure. <laughs> Glenn showed me a post recently where it was like uh, somebody who was like, uh, oh, fuck, my, my partner just tested positive for COVID-19. Fuck, 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 four years of being as careful as possible, and now it's in my house. It's like, yeah, you dumb bitch. What did you think was going to happen? It's a disease, you idiot. It's a virus. What do you think viral means? God yeah, damn. that means like like all of us have gotten AIDS. All of us have gotten... Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's going to make its way around. And the thing is, too, is that like COVID, COVID fucking sucks. And I'm beginning to think because it was engineered in a lab by the Chinese... I'm beginning to think that I'm not going to say what kind of doctor it was. I'm not going to say what kind of doctor it was. It was Chinese people. Um, <laughs> but but uh, it does fuck with you. It does suck. Um, and nobody's immune systems are the same after you get it. It's a it's a whole thing. But my whole thing with COVID was like, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You think you're going to not? get it good luck yeah that's kind of just life in general the past few years yeah. it's like what what are you gonna do what are you gonna do well, aren't right? you scared of uh, it's like i don't what are you gonna do i can't stop moving bro is there gonna be a civil war i mean i don't know i mean what am i gonna well, do I, mean, I have a lot of guns so just yeah yes oh there's gonna be a civil war that's coming bro uh, you want me to go out there and ask everybody to calm down you know what happens to the guy who asks people to calm down? You know what happens to that guy. He's getting his nuts torn off by the mob. It's not going to be me. Or like, there's fucking, there's a, there's gay and trans people everywhere. It's like, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Kill him? If you want to kill him, just <laughs> is, say is that what starts him. the civil war? <laughs> Is that what starts the civil war? Yeah. It's like it's trans people versus uh regular people. To be fair, we'd probably win that one pretty quick. But like I don't know. There's so there are a lot of hormones. <laughs> It'd be the stud bitches that would fucking turn up and, and, and win the <laughs> hey, civil war. I was war. I was moving some furniture within uh, with F uh FTM. Mm-hmm. Uh and I mean I've I've had to move furniture and cabinets with a lot of different people, and I just basically like to get swollen, do it all by myself because people suck at lifting right. things. Yeah, he had no problem, no yeah. problem, and I was just like, oh hmm, that like tea's doing you right. Eight hundred milligrams of tea per day, or whatever the dose is. But yeah, no, I um, I apply a lot of that, Adam had a great essay about the oh, old, yeah. old boy who set himself yeah. on fire. I really liked Adam's perspective on that, that was which great. was just like, you know, the shit that's happening in Palestine is, uh, it's awful, right? It, it, it sucks. But he focused in on kind of the futility of self-immolation, uh, which is, I mean, in typical Adam without, fashion, yeah, and without like doing a, the annoying, like the the because, like, I think the right wing take on it is like, uh, oh, good going, dumbass. And Adam right, was right. like, uh, well, he definitely no. 
raised attention. Like, yeah, he definitely def- raised attention. He's definitely more brave than you will ever be. So shut the fuck up. But at the same time, it had this kind of uh, black-pilled element to it where it's like, but do you think it's going to do anything? No. Yeah, that is basically like that's the like presenting it as a black pill as being like, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to this is something that caught like it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. like you can't belittle what this no. is. The no. dude setting himself on fire yeah. for, and, and screaming why he's doing it. Yeah. Free Palestine. That's what he was screaming. I mean, the dude, the dude, by the way, also. Um, the dude was probably MK Ultrad. I don't know why, but that's just my conspiracy thought. Is it probably a little? I mean, he was in the military. Come on, dude. I mean, there wasn't a little bit of Stranger Things going on with that shit. Um, uh, but you get uh, all these friend requests coming back in, and then and then it's like, <laughs> and then uh, this episode drops. <laughs> I think the self-immolation guy was MK Ultrad. Um. But all that, all that is to say, all that is to say outside of that, like he is braver than you. He does have more principles than you. And I'm, I'm speaking to a perceived enemy somewhere. Um, But at the end of the day, Adam's point, which I thought was great was like, but at the same time, like that's not the way to do it because now you're dead. And for what Mm -hmm. The, the Buddhist monk who lit himself on fire, right it's on the cover of that rage against the machine album tell me right now without googling it what that monk was protesting uh the the cost of their seats being nine hundred dollars <laughs> that was actually a rage against the machine band. He was a Rage Against the Machine it was a, fan. It was a Ticketmaster protest. He's like, you but think no. you guys are anti-establishment? I'm $900 a ticket is bullshit. And then the, the instances, by the way, of self-immolation, there's a bunch. A lot of people have lit themselves on fire. And it has had about as much impact as you might think. I like on fire does. he also, like... Uh, I thought the major takeaway for me was in the middle of that essay. This is Adam Lair, by the way. We're talking about like, oh yeah, for sure. This is very in-house conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. Adam Lair. Adam Lair. Safety propaganda. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, somewhere in the middle, he was he brought up like uh, the rights glorification of Mishima falling on his sword for failing yep. the yep. um. You know, failing, failing, failing to reinstate the Japanese Empire. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's like he made a seppuku, which is ballsy as that's that's a yeah, hard thing to do. Himself, yeah, mm-hmm. and Adam was like, "No, that makes him retarded. Like that's weak. Yep, killing yourself is weak and not honorable right. at all, ever. It's right. a slap in the fa- how he put it. Uh, basic. It was like it's a slap in the face to everyone who cares about you, and it's." Uh, destruction of your potential yep agree i agree so r.i.p to the dude who lit himself on fire um it is really gross that uh the the magazines and newspapers that covered it didn't want to cover why he set himself on fire all the headlines are super vague like U.S. soldier lights himself on fire. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I can only imagine uh, what he was witness to that could drive him to that point uh, or what, you know, chemicals and electrodes strapped to his brain the CIA put on him to get him to do that. One of the two. Either way, it's bad. Um, But... uh, yeah, no, I, I just thought that was a really good take that I, every once in a while, I'll find something that I just completely agree with. And I'm like, yeah, all the elements are here. Like, uh, Palestinians are, you know, being genocided. That's not arguable at this point. Uh, it's really bad over there. The world is watching it happen and governments aren't doing shit. 
this guy yeah, it's not uh, the it's not the genocide with an asterisk and then like all these footnotes about how exactly it's, it's like no literally it's just their, that. their goals it's just that. they 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 vocalized yeah. their goals yeah almost sam chris had a great sam chris had a great uh article um or essay on substack where he was like for a while i guess israel basically uh kept hamas functional to have like an enemy to fight against but the way he puts it now they're just in total genocide mode um like they just want the problem gone and it's dark it's dark it's like starving out children uh bombing children killing uh you know old ladies on their doorstep um there's a video i'm excited by the way this one will have to be a paid episode (laughs) because youtube is not gonna allow any of this (laughs) Mm. fuck youtube um you know old ladies being killed on their doorstep type shit um there's a great video that chris describes of um you know idf soldiers going into like an abandoned classroom and trashing it and then saying like israel's not afraid we're not afraid i mean it's bad right so all that is established like this is a a, a horrific horrible thing but what adam does that's so smart is he's like but that doesn't make this soldier's act of self-immolation free from analysis you can still look at that and that's what i think makes him uh uh just uh, he's one of the best cultural commentators that we have right now honestly nobody else is doing it like him really is yeah no i get hyped in the in the way i used to get hyped for for very different reasons but in the way i used to get hyped for a byron crawford shit hitting my email yeah which what I, did he do wrong? Still, what what is, yeah. what is he? <laughs> he's still he's he still has some heaters in him from time to time. Mm-hmm. But uh I think there's just so much commitment to the bit there that it's like, okay, come on. Yeah. Like yeah. you can just right. not write sometimes. It's fine. Right. Just right. let it cook for a while. Yeah. But uh nah, Ad, Adam's always got a always articulate and thoughtful, which is what you want from somebody who writes cultural critique and fearless unafraid oh yeah he's just like he's just like i'm posting bro i forget he's from new york because i hate everyone from new york it's spineless all the opposite (laughs) they have none of those traits the opposite of all those traits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. spineless word salady and jewish too because he's all jacked and like bold and shit oh yeah he's he's it's not it's not do i like one of you i don't don't know two simmons also is is you know that wasn't on my bingo card i'd be friends with two two feldsteins two two members of the tribe that i'm okay with which actually by uh, american standards means that i cannot be anti-semitic I'm just gonna point at those two. Be like, really? You think so? What do you um, say to these anti-Semitic, guys? I just fucked a Jewish bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Vultures uh, is so good. Album of the decade. So I've been it's, spinning it nonstop. It's so good. Did they really take uh, that one Diana Ross song off of it? They Don't did. Die? Um, I, yeah, that's I need a, to, That's a fucking crime, dude. That's the I best song on the, the album, CD. bro. It, 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 it's a yeah. It's a really good. I listen, uh, I, I'm not even lying. Like I listened to the album and when I got to that song, I repeated that song like five times and then finished the album because I thought it was so good. Like don't don't die is my favorite song on that album. So when I heard that they removed it for dumb fuck Diana Ross and fuck her estate, like that song's beautiful. Why did you take it from me? <laughs> it is so amazing what like um I, I think what makes Kanye one of the last true artists of that caliber, at least, is that like uh, he'll make these beautiful things that the people who created, you know, all these samples that he takes from the people who originated that 
will like mm-hmm. hate hate his guts and be against it and and to me that's like super pure because that that doesn't come through in a it's not like antagonistic it's like creating something beautiful and amazing but the people who have, but yeah not even you know what i take back what i said about diana ross not fuck diana ross fuck diana ross's estate because none of those motherfuckers did anything like what diana ross actually did these are people who have been mooching off of her fucking tit for their entire lives and they have the audacity to sue somebody who actually creates something get the fuck out of here i raise my kids to be so much better because i'm gonna i'm not gonna jackie chan their asses i am gonna leave them my estate but mm-hmm. you gotta work too yeah yeah and, and do don't something. don't shit on my name if kanye wants to take any of my shit for some reason you better let him you better, better just let, let that shit go. <laughs> the biggest banger of his album in, in 2040 when he's an old man. Yeah, 100-year-old. That shit's going to slap so so hard. Bro, he's already in his 50s and made... I think... I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, where is this? Is he in his this? 50s? I, I think so. I feel like he's closer to our... I was a kid when I first... No, that's impossible. I was a kid when I first discovered Kanye. Yeah, because he he making three beats a day for three summers. Yeah, he's only uh, nine years older than me. So, okay, mid forties. So mid forties, yeah. He's uh, how old am I? He's nine years old. So he's forty six, right now. Close to fifty, if you rounded. Close, he'd be fifty. But yeah, after honestly being somebody who was like well he's you know he's a performance artist he's a fashion guru i guess uh mogul i guess would be a better word um i'll always love the back catalog but like the music ain't hitting no more to like Mm. just dropping what i think Mm -hmm. his best album yeah it's up there for sure it's up there for sure I I feel like time will tell on whether it's the best, but it is. It's it's genius. It's brilliant. It's definitely the best since Jesus for sure. Without oh yeah, hands that, down. That, that's that's indisputable. Um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy and Jesus to me are like the golden era. Actually, from eight oh eights up through Jesus to me is pretty much untouchable. Like mm-hmm. all three of those albums are are goaded. Pablo just to me it had too many too many retcons of really good shit. Uh I think I was really hurt by like the day one version of Wolves getting changed on day two to something that is like way less good. Um that is but, yeah. Yeah. He's somebody who sometimes I wish uh he'd have a completely different mythos around him if he did this, but I wish he'd be more Lil B in the way that, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just drop 10 versions of Yandi and keep them all out. Mm-hmm, Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I really do that. Yeah, I think he would probably be the greatest uh, living musician if he did that, if he just put it out. So here's Yandi. All 10 Whatever. versions. Of, I changed it, but you can listen to both. Now you yeah. you. Oh, I changed it again. You can still listen to all five. It's cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> we were listening to Little B in the car ride back from Kansas City. Oh yeah, Little <laughs> yeah. B is one of the. I guess you can't. Um, you can't have a million songs under your belt without it going from one Little B track where we're like, fuck, and then the next one is like. This is ass. <laughs> Bitches on my dick. Cause I look like it's over and over and over again. It's just, it's not that, that shit's not my thing. But when he locks in, he's great. He's great. He's always been great. Um, So we're approaching the hour mark here. Did you want to do a freestyle story or have this just be a chat episode? Either way is fine with me. Who cares? 
Welcome to Agitator, the show where we do whatever the fuck we want. Do whatever the fuck we want. Like Rare Candy. That's what I was actually thinking. I was taking some inspiration from Rare Candy. I was thinking about this today, and I was like, you know what? They just kind of do whatever. So this is just a a chat episode. You're welcome for the hour of great content. I'm still going to just... uh, I'm tired of coming up with a new tagline to introduce the show as so i'm just gonna keep it what it is and i really do feel like agitator is the kind of show that gets its its hooks in through that through being uh well this is like gene keys shit you know i did like the gene keys it's like mm-hmm. you like your keys. whole purpose gene keys um your whole purpose is to do like a bunch of different things and that's just kind of who you are. So I've been embracing that just being like, yeah, I can't do the same thing every week. I just, it's boring to me. Like, We've also flexed were... enough when people are like, ha, they, they fell off. They didn't come up with a story. This time it's like, I mean, we could, we could. If you really wanted me to, we I could do it right now. Story right now, let's do it. Let's do it right now. What's the story? We're gonna uh, start with the self-immolation. Oh, the self-immolation. Well, I would not I would the self-immolation, but that's a that's a crux. That's a that's a motif. Oh, like or... what 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 people burn themselves over? Yeah. Um. So we open be... in a kindergarten. <laughs> it's a kindergarten teacher i like that (laughs) i like that i like the idea of a self-immolation that has to do with a larger societal problem like uh like cell phone use or something like that like somebody's got a bunch of cell phones strapped to a suicide belt and they all overheat and burn them to death oh shit like that that, that's a cool idea like an accidental self-immolation Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or do they know they know that no they know yeah no it's like yeah it's it's a whole it's like an art piece you know where it's like you don't understand that rampant the average teenager in america is on their phone eight hours a day that's one third of their entire life on this phone and their ability to appreciate things has disappeared and the anhedonia that it causes has swept the nation Nobody understands, like, free our children, free our children, free our children. And then each phone is like a bomb, like, setting off and setting someone on fire. That's wild. So then our story takes place as one of the um, uh, the response team to... Yeah. Oh, there we go. It's like a bringing out the dead thing. Yeah but it's like EMTs who are on the scene of all these, all these self it's like bringing out the dead meets uh pulse. We never covered pulse on the show. Did we, you watch yeah, pulse? Yeah. No, no, I haven't seen pulse. Yeah. Pulse was one of those movies that was really early to the game of like, Hey, this cell phone shit, it might not be good. So kind of like a J-horror ghost story mixed with bringing out the dead where these EMTs are going to different places. It'd be perfect to structure people. it after, yeah, after bringing out the dead where it's just that constant, this like one night of just responding to this and that. and Right. And their souls drop different types of ghosts and the ghosts would all be designed over different ways that phones have wrecked our lives. Right. So, so it's a ghost response team. It's a ghost response team. Yeah. Like they're they're actually putting down the ghosts that come out of these people. But it's the same type of like they're they're right there with the EMTs. Maybe there's like a uncomfortable alliance with them. Like they don't mm-hmm. quite get along because they're like, mm-hmm. we're trying to save people. And like, your whole job depends we're on. We're trying to send dead. these ghosts to hell. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Ghostbusters bringing out the dead and pulse mixed in one. And our hero is a guy, well, you could go two ways. The first way is he's a hyper phone addict type dude, like total hypocrite. He's doing this. He knows the bad parts of it, but he's still just like, he's on 
his phone the whole time. That's or, genius. And that's great for the little okay. hangout segments of uh, being in the Ghostbuster rehearse or whatever. Oh, dude. No, he's like, training he's, day. Yeah. he's driving on his phone. Training day. Yeah. That's it. Training day. Yeah. And then the training guy is a kid who's grown up around all this. He knows what happens to the spirits who have been too much in the phone. And he is no phone at all. So you have the older guy who's he had totally to put his addicted. Grandma's ghost down. He had to put his great. There you go. Let's go. And then the younger guy is like, I'm not fucking with any of that shit. And you have like the the smoking PCP scene where it's like, you sure you don't want to look at this? It's viral. It's a viral video. <laughs> it's a viral video I, of a dog. I bro. heard. You, like, I heard you like to get wet. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's Ghostbusters training day, bringing out the dead, and Pulse all in one. <laughs> this is the best idea we've ever had. <laughs> and the movie it has itself... to it has to end in that kind of like um, uh, I'm the king of the jungle. This it it has to end with that like King Kong ain't got shit, shit on, on me. me. Oh, yeah. that's it. That's it. Because they crash the ambulance into a T-Mobile store and all the ghosts come out, right? <laughs> all the ghosts congregate around that. And he gets surrounded by these ghosts. He's like, I put y'all down. Like, you think you could talk to me? Like, and then somebody puts a phone in front of him and his speech is interrupted because he gets distracted by Candy Crush. And then the ghosts all move in and start eating him while his partner watches from outside where he's tempted to use the phone to call the actual EMTs. But the way the thing ends, he puts the phone back in his pocket and he says, no, I'm good. I'm just going to let this play out. Boom. And that's how we do it, bitch. Yeah. That's how <laughs> go fuck yourself. Somebody who, who no, nobody said anything. <laughs> and just in case you thought we couldn't do it. We just did it. <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. That's a good one. It's a good one. Well, good episode. Hell yeah. <laughs>